Welcome to Tucson New Thought. I love that song. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's by a a group called The Great Big World. And I'm kind of, well, they're like... (laughs) I've been listening to them for years and years and years, and uh, the probably their most famous song to date uh, is that song. Say something, I'm giving up on you. I'll be the one if you want me to. Um, but their albums are really awesome. Uh, the, the the two of them uh, are a they met in theater school, musical theater school or music school, and they just found the sound that they had between them and they found that they could write music beautifully together and so they've created this, you know, this group, this band, that just the two of them and they now, you know, are famous and travel the world. <sighs> so talking about belief. I go to the lyric first. Fear, you're just a name that I have learned. <laughs> I freaking love that lyric. Fear, you're just a name that I have learned. That's it. We talk about fear and faith and love and blah, da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, fear is just something that we've learned to embody. And we are taught this from a very young age. Basically, the moment we come out, we are, we are, we are, we are taught fear. And we embody this concept of fear, and it becomes part of that 90%, and our life unfolds based on fear. But we're the ones who are in charge of it. So let's start to turn that around. We can do this through the use of our mind. If we believe in fear, we can say, wait a second, I see that belief, and I can do something about it. I can turn it around. I can turn it into love. I don't even go to saying fear that, 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 that fear and faith are, are antonyms of each other. I say that fear and love, love is what we always want to turn to. Because when we are in love, when we are expressing love, when we are in that conscious energy of love, then faith comes with that. Kindness comes with that. Joy comes with that. Happiness, the light, the attributes of God, love, light, life, peace, power, beauty, and joy, they're all wrapped up as the opposite of fear. And so when we are in that place, ah, life gets good. Life gets good. But we have to come to a deeper sense of belief that this is the truth, I think. At least that's what works for me. Because here's, well, you'll understand why I say that's what works for me. Because here's the question I want to ask you first and foremost. What is belief? And this is, this is open. If you'd like to answer, I will recount for those who are online because you don't have a microphone. What is belief? Oh, we talk a lot about belief, don't we? But what is it? You don't know what other word to use other than belief. Okay. (laughs) Belief is believing. Yeah. (laughs) A foundational preconceived notion. We don't question it, but we live by it. Okay. And I'm only repeating it again because, yeah. set of thoughts we keep thinking again and again, and it becomes a pattern. Oh, all right. Any other thoughts? Knowing. Knowing. What does that mean to you? 
the difference that I that I do between I'll say between like belief and faith. Faith is ah, there's something out there that might or might not be true, but I'm going to buy into it. But knowing is it is true. There is no question about it. Okay, so faith is something out there, and knowing is something in here. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I believe that what he's saying is knowing is belief. That what is in here, that's our belief. That's my understanding. Yes. Yeah. Well, whenever I want to define a word, I have this wonderful resource called a dictionary. <laughs> and this is, what, this is how it's defined. Belief is a mental attitude of acceptance, irrespective of the presence of empirical evidence. Belief is a mental attitude of acceptance irrespective of the presence of empirical evidence. So I think that ties up with faith because what we're saying is that outside of evidence, there's belief, right? We have belief. That is our faith. The science of mind, now here's the thing about the science of mind because that is my path in new thought. The science of mind, I'm a religious science minister. The science of mind, <laughs> even though we have statements of belief, I hold very firmly to this notion. We are not here to tell you what to believe. We are not here to tell you what to believe. What the science of mind does, in my understanding and, and in my experience, is it's providing a safe container to review and accept or challenge the beliefs we have in place. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to look at my beliefs. I'm here to say, what is it that I believe? Challenge it and say, is this true? Is this true? And if it's true for me and it is in service to my greatest expression of life, awesome. And if it is true for me and it is not in service to my greatest expression of life, then maybe I should do something about it. But at the end of the day, we all carry through our lives our own belief system. Now, that's how I use it. That's how I use it. Now, you will frequently hear me say, we teach. We teach. We teach. I, I very rarely, I don't think I've ever said, unless it was specifically a quote, we believe. Because I don't know what you believe. I don't know what you believe. I only know what I believe. And I'm uncovering that, and it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong job to uncover more and more what I believe. So I'm not going to worry about what you believe. What I'm going to encourage you to do, though, is to start to get in touch with what it is you do believe. Because, as Jesus said, your belief sets the limit. It is done unto you as you believe. And so your expression of life is rooted in those things that you believe. That's the teaching. That's the teaching. I don't ever want to tell anyone what they should believe. Beliefs play a fundamental part in the creative process, and that's why it is important that we dig into that 90% to uncover our beliefs. Ernest Holmes wrote this. This is the actual quote that I've been hinting around. This is the actual quote. Our belief sets the limit to our demonstration of a principle which of itself is without limit. Our belief sets the limit to our demonstration of a principle which of itself is without limit. Whatever we look to in the world, that is a reflection of what is happening in our lives, in our mind, in our belief system. What is showing up is directly correlated to what is in our belief system. So 
I talked about this last week, if or the week before, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I, I talk about it all the time. That's part of the reason I don't ever remember when I specifically talked about something. If I do not have money in my checking account, that is a reflection of what is happening in my mind, and that thing in my mind may be a belief in lack. That belief in lack may be something that I have glommed onto in my life because I may think that there is some, there is some uh, honor in living a poverty-filled life. Maybe. I don't know. But if I would like to have more money in my checking account, and I'm not saying that either one is good or bad, I'm just saying if I would like personally to have more money in my checking account, it is not about going and working harder. It is about understanding more deeply that I am the abundance of the universe because I am that infinite energy at the level of expression of me. And that energy being unlimited has all the abundance. And I mean, let's face it, if everything is God, if everything is love, if everything is this universal presence, if everything is universal spirit, well, what could be more? Because abundance is infinite in that context. The only limitation is me if I'm not experiencing that abundance. The only limitation is my own mind. So our belief sets the limit to our demonstration of a principle which of itself is without limit. So here's the irony and the basis for my messages for the next few weeks. There is irony in this. I said last week, oh, during the uh, annual community meeting, actually, I said that I was going to be utilizing the Declaration of Principles as the basis for my next several weeks of talks. In 1927... Ernest Holmes, the founder of religious science, wrote a declaration of principles titled, What I Believe. It's what Ernest Holmes believes. And it has been adopted into this entire faith tradition, into this philosophy, and is now uh, expressed as what we believe. And it's still published monthly in Science of Mind magazine. The entire Declaration of Principles is published monthly in Science of Mind magazine. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. There are many statements. I'm going to work on three of them today. As we work through these statements over the next several weeks, I want you to determine your relationship to that statement. Is it something that you believe? Is it something that you would like to believe? Is it something that you absolutely do not believe? And then make your decision around whether you would like to embody that principle. It's just an idea. It's just an idea. But you are at choice. Each and every one of us is at choice. What I do know is that as I have worked more and more and more with these particular statements, and I work through them repeatedly, as I have worked through them more and more and more, I've come to realize that they are a fundamental part of my personal belief system and they build upon each other. So I'm gonna start with number one, the first statement in this Declaration of Principles. We believe in God, the living Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. We believe in God, the living Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. What do you think? What do you think? You know, I can tell you what my thoughts are around it. I 
like I said, I hold to this. This is what I believe. I have taken this on as a belief of my own. But what are your thoughts on the statement? What do you believe? Do you believe in God? Do you believe that there is a living spirit almighty, indestructible, one absolute, self-existent cause? In other faith traditions, there are multiple concepts of the deity. There are multiple concepts of God. It is not relegated to one infinite idea. In this particular faith tradition, we say that God is the allness. That is it. God is. God is. That's a full sentence. We teach God. We teach God within this philosophy, within this faith tradition. But is God true for you? But even bigger than that is that if God is true for you, what is your understanding of God? What is your understanding of God? If I were to go out on the street with a microphone, and actually, I almost want to do this, but I'm going to go off camera. I'm not going to do it. Well, maybe, no, I'm not. I'm going to ask a question. What is God? Yeah. God is the energy? The energy. So it's a definite article on that, the energy, okay? What is God? Hmm? Universal energy, okay. All right. Infinite field of pure potential. Lovely. Yeah. We've got some agreement out there. Awesome. Good order. That's one of my favorites. Good orderly direction. Where did you hear that? Where? 12 step. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I've heard it on, I've heard, now I've, it's come to me from multiple directions. Good, orderly directions. Brilliant. Brilliant. If God is infinite energy, if God is pure potential, if God is pure, infinite everything, then what is the next step around knowing this infinite truth? This is the next part of what we teach. This one, God, manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. Absorbed is an interesting word, isn't it? Absorbed is an interesting word. It comes, so the root of absorbed uh, is, it comes from the Latin, which means to suck in, right? Like a sponge sucks in, it absorbs the moisture. So we are, (laughs) for lack of a better way of putting this, we are all the very essence of God sucking in its nature at all times. We're also getting wrung out and exuding its nature at all times. There's absolutely no separation. We're not separate from the infinite wholeness. It is manifesting itself by means of us. This one manifests itself in and through all creation. We're not separate from creation which is why, okay, you have not, uh, Yvette, you have not heard me <laughs> yet. Um, I very frequently come up here and I say a statement that freaks some people out, but I trust that I have explained it thoroughly to be able to stand up here and say, I am God. You are God. 
Everything that exists is God. So we have to be able to make that claim. And when we make that claim, we get to then really address the belief system from a point of power, not a point of less than. Because so many people think that God is something out there and that they have to supplicate themselves to address the things in their lives to make change. That's not the truth. When we understand that point of power, that God is who and what we are, that good orderly direction is who and what we are, we're approaching life from that place of infinite power. And boy, I'll tell you, change happens. Change happens. We are all necessary aspects of an infinite wholeness. We are necessary to the expression of God. You are necessary. How often are you told that? You are necessary. You are required. Your conscious presence on this experience in this plane of action is required for this plane of action. What a great thing. It's like, I, 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 it's like theater. <laughs> I come from a theater background. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Shocking, I know, right? I come from a theater background. I spent a lot of time in the theater, I, I, decades. I was in the theater for decades, and it was the theater that brought me to this philosophy. If you're interested, go watch other talks. Here's the thing about theater. Theater is at wholeness. The experience of theater is a wholeness, right? You have a space. Let's just liken that space as being the infinite body of God. And within that space are all different aspects that combine to make the experience happen in theater. You have actors. That's what most of us know. We go, we sit in the theater, and we see actors on the stage, right? That is one one small part of the infinite wholeness because also in that experience are spectators. There is no theater if there are no spectators, right? So those are two parts of an infinite wholeness. Now, beyond that, you also have, you also have crew. You have a crew that is behind the scenes. You rarely see the crew, right? But they are all there in support of the infinite wholeness to ensure that everything is flowing with grace and with ease so that the experience of the actor and the spectator goes off without a hitch. You also have a director. You have someone who has said, I'm going to allow myself to take charge of this experience. And they're the ones who are... And the actors agree to it. Not all actors agree to it. That is a challenge when you're a director. Oh, my goodness. When an actor is like, I don't care what the director says. I'm doing it my own way. And that happens. It does happen. You also have producers. You have writers. You have producers. You have lighting people. You have lights. You have seats. You have a space. You have sound. You have, you have everything that is affecting every sense, just like life. Here's the thing about it. If any one of those parts is removed from the equation, none of it works. And that's the lesson. That's why I can stand here and say, you are necessary. Because if you are removed from the equation, none of this works. None of it works. So if the one is the, the one, God, infinite, infinite creative spirit, whatever you choose to call it, if the one is the whole, all the aspects of the one are contained within the whole. So here's the next question. 
Where do you fit in? Do you feel integral? 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 It's such a hard word for me. I don't know why I've always... That and the word banquet. I always want to say banquet. There are some words that I've always had a challenge with. Integral. Do you feel integral or do you feel non-essential? I will remind you, it is done unto you as you believe. Your beliefs are completely 100% tied up in your feeling. You can get to the understanding of your beliefs very quickly by recognizing your relationship, their relationship to the feeling. Do you feel integral or do you feel non-essential? You don't have to believe me, but I believe you are integral to the expression and experience of life. You are integral to my experience of life. If you weren't, you wouldn't be here. Even if it's your first time, you are integral to my experience and expression of life. Let us begin to walk around. This is, this is, this is a calling. Let us begin to walk around looking at the face of every single person we encounter and reminding ourselves that every single person we, are, we encounter is integral to our experience of life. And when we see that they are integral to the experience of life at the personal level, how can we ever settle into isms or phobias or anything that is less than? That's just fear, a name that I have learned. I can let that go. But it takes work. It takes work. If you feel non-essential, remember, your belief sets the limit to your demonstration of that infinite principle. And that may be where the work begins, to begin to deeply understand that you are absolutely 100% necessary to the expression and experience of life. The third aspect that I wanted to talk about today is the third part of the declaration, which is this. The manifest universe is the body of God. It is the logical and necessary outcome of the infinite self-knowingness of God. The, the nature of God, the nature of infinite spirit is absolute. It is self-existent. It is cause to all effect. That is the nature of the infinite principle. It is cause to all of creation. Everything that exists is the effect. The only desire God has, if we're going to, and I, sometimes just for clarity, I anthropomorphize the concept of God. If God has desire, I would say that God's only desire is to create. That's it. We are the instruments of that creation. We're, well, we're not the only instruments of that creation. We are part of the instruments of that creation. Everything that exists is an instrument of that creation. The, the, the great thing that we have going for us, at least as far as I know, because I've not seen anything to the contrary, is that we can actively utilize the same creative power for our own purposes in life. This energy of creation that we utilize, this energy of creation, we utilize one word, really, to describe it. It is a synonym for God, but I like it so much more. Love. Love. Love is the self-givingness of the Spirit 
for the purposes of creation. Love, lots of vibrant energy flowing forth, showing itself in physical form by means of all that exists. We are both creator, we are both the creator and the created at the same time. We are two aspects of the same thing. We are not two things. There is not God and us. There is only God. So I want to return to the place where I began. What do you believe? Because you don't have to agree with anything I've said today. I believe that asking ourselves the question, what do we believe, what do I believe, may be the most important question we could ever ask. What I have decided is that I am in alignment with these belief statements that I've set forth. I am in alignment with them. This Declaration of Principles, they work for me. They work for me. I've seen my life get better through the acceptance of these principles. So if you are ready for your life to get better, I'm not saying you have to believe these things, but get in touch with what it is you believe because your experience and expression of life is rooted in your belief. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.